time volunteering on and off campus. And uh, particularly, um, he's been a part of uh, various initiatives uh, right here in Amherst and in Amherst College that uh, we hope to uh, to talk a bit about today. But I'll just stop there to say welcome, uh, Stefan, to uh, the Black in the Valley space. Oh, thank you so much for having me here, and thank you all for this this great service to the to the community. Well, thank you. We're very interested in um, the uh, both Bill and I have are are and have been a part in past tense in my case of local uh, commission committee efforts by our town government to um, uh, develop a reparations program uh, that addresses the legacy of slavery, the history of harm against uh, the African-American community um, in, in our respective cities in Amherst and Northampton. Bill is serving on it right now as we speak. And um, in my case, we completed the report uh, of the African Heritage Reparations Assembly chaired by uh, Michelle Miller. And that report is now in the process of being uh, going into an implementation phase. Uh, so, you know, we we really invite you to kind of come in and and give us your perspective. You've written on reparations. You've been an uh, astute observer of this developing movement at the local and state level. Give us a bit of your your perspective on what's happening. No, um, again, I have to thank you for the service to the community. I think uh, Amherst is leading the way um, for a lot of municipalities that are trying to figure out how to deal with this historic issue of reparations. And so uh, Amherst, of course, got inspiration from Evanston, uh, Illinois. Uh, and what we're seeing is is uh, there's uh, a fire that's 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 expanding throughout the United States. Uh, so you see uh, my good friend Cheryl Grills out in California uh, is heading up the reparations commission for the state. Uh, and so there's <clears throat> real traction, uh, there's real uh, interest in the state and local uh, local levels to find out what could be done in the way of, of reparations. And so, uh, so, so happy to see this come to, to fruition. And, uh, um, and if I'm being honest, I think this is probably going to be the best approach towards the, the issue of reparations is this localized uh, localized approach. I want to get Bill in on this in a second, but I just want to point out for our audience that um, the New England Public Media is presenting a screening of the cost of inheritance. It's a screening and discussion at Springfield College in Appleton Auditorium at the Fuller Arts Center uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's um, uh, there is a link that we'll make available through WHMP or uh, where you can uh, RSVP that you're coming. And uh, I had a chance to watch a preview pre-screen uh, this just last night to, and, and it really makes the point that uh, it says one of the people in it says explicitly that, you know, the harm happened locally. We've got to have things to address the harm locally. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really a compelling uh, documentary. It's less than an hour, so it'll leave ample time. People can screen it, and then there's ample time for people to uh, to discuss it. You're one of the panelists, along with uh, Brianna uh, Cuffey from um, an author based in Annapolis, Maryland, I see. Um, uh, Lottie Dula 
uh, retired financial strategist uh, who's uh, co-founded Reparations for Slavery. Uh, you're, uh, you're and my colleague at Amherst College, Dr. Jaleesa Jolly, um, uh, in Black Studies there at Amherst College is, uh, is also on it, and you yourself uh, are on it, as well as our, our beloved Michelle Miller from here in Amherst is on it. So I just wanted to put that in, but, uh, but Bill, come on in and, uh, and, and, and join us. Tell us the name of the film again, the title, please. Thank you. The Cost of Inheritance. And the film, which I've seen, um, is actually very direct. Uh, persons who were enslavers and people whose ancestors were enslaved. It's really direct. It's very poignant. I really recommend this film. I would like to know from you, if I might, uh, uh, Professor Bradley, uh, about something that uh, Professor uh, Shabazz, as a member of the commission uh, in Amherst and as a member of the African-American Assembly in Amherst said, which was, you really do reparations is going to take a massive federal uh, commitment, which we don't have. And we all seem to come back to, given that it's not going to happen on a federal level, things have to happen locally. But what can happen locally as a practical matter in terms of whatever kind of program or payments or expenses might be involved is a fraction of what might be needed in order to actually address reparations. And I'm wondering if you could try to resolve that, uh, I think, almost unresolvable issue for us. But I'd appreciate your thoughts. Yeah. No, um, the problem is, is, is greatly appreciated. The solutions are, are less forthcoming. See, here's the the issue is is you know if you look at all of the the data the Pew reports, uh, everybody can agree that you know that black people have been harmed uh, and um, that people who are descendants of the enslaved, uh, people who have lived through Jim Crow have been harmed. Everybody can agree on that. Um, uh, white, black, old, young, uh, rich, and poor. But the problem comes at a federal level of what to do about it. And that's why this localized effort has seemed to be the most effective uh, in, in, in contemporary times. It's not entirely surprising to me, though, because uh, this is how movement works. And so when we talk about black people, when we talk about the experience of, of, of black people in this nation. It's always worked by way of, of, of groundwork. Uh, that uh, this idea that that local people uh, would mobilize, would organize, uh, and affect change in a local way, and then eventually uh, this would catch on uh, either by you know by way of state region, uh, and then eventually the federal government recognizes this. So when we when we looked at at other issues concerning the black experience, for instance, voting. Um, you had people who were organizing around the issue in, in smaller areas, voting or desegregation. You think about a Birmingham, you think about a Montgomery, uh, you think about Selma. These are small places that, that, that nobody really knows about, but they were able to have some kind of uh, uh, popularity, some kind of, to, to, they were able to get some kind of acclaim for their, their, their localized work to make it a federal issue. Uh, and so that's when you get the 65 Voting Rights Act because of these localized efforts. So I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't um, feel, uh, you know, uh, uh, feel too disappointed about the, the localized effort. I think there's still a great deal of hope. Uh, um, but it's going to take it's going to take uh, a lot of localized efforts um, to, to move forward. I'd like to ask you both. Are you actually optimistic about a burgeoning reparations movement? And is that how you refer to it as a reparations movement? Let me start you with you. Go, go ahead, Professor. Go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, well, you know, I'm a historian, so rarely ever am I optimistic about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so optimism is not typically a word I use when 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 talking about these great historical issues. Um, but I'll say this: um, uh, I see the power of people, and I do believe in the power of people. And so, what we saw with the this particular documentary. Uh, was a, a white family who 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 saw a reason to do right, and uh, you know there are people who who decide to do right, and they decide to do it scared, which is one of the things that comes comes through uh, on the documentary. Um, uh, they didn't know what was going to happen, and so there's 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 a bit of hope in that way. I'll say this, that the black people have been pressing for reparations since enslavement ended. Uh, and, and, and by the way, before enslavement ended, uh, black people have been pushing for reparations. So, so am I optimistic? Um, I don't know if I would use that word. Am I faithful uh, to the idea that, that good people will always move forward? Yes, I am. And, uh, and I'll be with those good people. And, and I would jump in along the same lines as what Stefanis just said. You know, what, what does give me some glimmer of, of optimism, to use that word, or hope, is uh, people like Michelle Miller. It's, it's people like Matthew and Corin uh, Andrews. It's, uh, it's even people on our uh, town council that have uh, uh, consistently been voting in favor of, uh, you know, reserving $2 million uh, of $6 million for a, a reparations fund and, and have been uh, and are looking now to engage some of the elements of the plan that we've put forward and to, and to move toward implementation and actual disbursement of some kinds of funding this year in 2024. It seems people like Lynn Greismer, you know, I used to have the view of Amherst that the people there were all too smart to do anything good. Mm. But, uh, but I'm seeing them start to come around and actually uh, use those smarts to do something good. We are speaking with UMass professor uh, Amakar Shabazz and Amherst College professor Stefan Bradley. We are going to continue our Black in the Valley segment, Reparations Here in the Valley or Not, right after this. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. Every time you open your energy bill, you cringe. And with good reason, because you're paying too much. The easy answer is solar, and taking advantage of solar energy with Franklin First Federal Credit Union is easy. Our solar loan puts solar on the table, and a local expert can show you all the ways it pays to install solar. Visit franklinfirst.org slash solarloans for more details. That's franklinfirst.org slash solarloans. Franklin First Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. 
What's cooking at River Valley Co-op? Here's avid eater, grocery shopper, and co-op member, Bill Newman. The co-op kitchen is always cooking. Get ready-to-go meals, sandwiches, salads, pizza, burritos. Order sandwich platters or anything platters for lunchtime, party time, or any time. You like to bake? The co-op has all your baking essentials, like ground-up flour and grains, stone-milled in Holyoke. Put a little lovin' in the oven. Bread and brownies, cakes and cookies. Let your creative inspiration flow. River Valley Co-op, wild about local. Everyone is welcome. Do you think the Amish sleep in horse-drawn beds? Whatever beds they sleep in, the Amish build beds that are simply beautiful with subtle arts and crafts touches. There's an old Amish proverb, the most important things in your home are people. Maybe so, but those people need a place to sleep. Amish made beds from Talon Furniture. So good looking, so well built. Talon has Amish beds ready for delivery or order in the wood and finish you want. Then, we have beds made in Vermont that have all of the craftsmanship of Amish beds, made from cherry or maple, but these Vermont-built beds are just a touch more elegant in their design. How about an upholstered bed? An upholstered headboard and frame. It's a really nice look and feel. Talon Furniture's upholstered beds come in dozens of fabrics and leathers. In between today and tomorrow, there will be time in bed. Spending that time in a nice bed just feels good. Come to Talon Furniture, the little bed boutique just down the hill from Amherst College. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our Black in the Valley segment with Professor Amakar Shabazz from UMass Amherst and Professor Stefan Bradley from Amherst College. We were talking while we were off air about upcoming, it's February, uh, Black History Month, and I think that really dovetails uh, well with what we were talking about, which is uh, reparations and what actually can be done to repair the evil of slavery and its aftermath. So I'd appreciate your perspective on that, and in particular, whether Black History Month has has been a part of and fits into this idea of reparations. Should we start with you, uh, Professor Bradley? Sure. Uh, of course, uh, Black History Month uh, itself was a matter of movement. Uh, and so it, it, it wasn't always something. Uh, we saw uh, Carter G. Woodson have the Negro History Week, but then to expand, you saw young people, you saw uh, uh, other people, including celebrities and, and others, push towards this idea of Black History Month. During this month, we spend the time learning about some of the past harms that 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 uh, have befallen black people. Uh, but this reparations idea is 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 powerful in the sense of healing. That is, uh, not all of black history is 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 about pain and suffering. Uh, much of our history is about is about moving forward in spite of. Uh, there's joy, there's there's uh, happiness that's that's to be told. And so I think reparations is much a part of that idea of healing, uh, a part of that idea of uh, eventually understanding that 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 uh, we are moving forward from what was. You know, Doc, I, I'd like you to expand a little bit too, specifically some of this history of Amherst, particularly Amherst College. 
you know, um, Anika Lopes and Deborah Bridges with Ancestral Bridges have done such great work bringing forth uh, um, encountering the historic erasure of black people in this little New England town we call Amherst. But uh, how about Amherst College? How have you been working on some of these issues? Yeah, well, so uh, powerfully, uh, students have taken up um, taken up this issue. And so there have been young people who have gone into the archives, and, and our archives department is, is very special, have gone into the archives and seen where uh, Amherst College itself has had relationship to uh, enslavement in the area uh, and um, with families in particular. And so uh, that kind of work is necessary. Uh, so so I just like to say this, that everybody will have to be involved for this reparations to work. So the nerds are going to have to be in the archives. The, the movement people are going to have to be in the streets. The uh, so-called allies are going to have to 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 not be distracted by anything else. It's going to take all of us to push forward with this idea of reparations. Hundred percent. Wow, that was that was amazing. That was amazing. I want to thank you both so very much, Professor Amakosh Shabazz from UMass Amherst and Professor Stefan Bradley from Amherst College. Historians, both your work is invaluable. Your contribution on this show is really appreciated. Thank you both so very much. Thank you. You're welcome.